0: Hey guys, this is my leak and this is my podcast. Welcome to my world where curiosity rings high and I do my best to keep that judgment at bay. Journey with me through this maze of life where I share things I've learned and offer you tidbits of life advice that you can either hold on to or leave right here on this podcast. This show is a labor of love and meeting you where you are, where we are is what it's all about. Now, let's learn, laugh and live our best lives together. Today's podcast is a full break room episode. We are going to tackle a listener letter about friendship. I thought I'd be able to do this one, do this one quickly, but the more I sat with it, the more that came up for me. And so let's dig into this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member My leak I am a 31-year-old woman attending therapy regularly for about three years. I am starting to see the fruits of my labor. I can process my reactions and others better, and I feel more secure overall. My issue is how it impacts some of my long-term friendships, most importantly, my best friend of 20 years. I do not want to end the friendship. However, there are things and habits about her that I cannot ignore and that she is not in the headspace to work through or receive. Some things I deeply empathize with, and some are just frustrating. How do you shift dynamics of friendships in a way where the other person isn't offended? I don't want to cut ties completely, but we used to speak on the phone every day. I don't think that's too beneficial anymore. And I acknowledge I am partly to blame because she demands a lot of attention. And I used to attribute my worth to being present and being dutiful to loved ones at the expense of myself. Some examples are I am a texter, she is a caller but I compromised her poor texting by always being available when she called. I am not willing to do that anymore. Her getting into a serious relationship was the wake-up call I needed and that she just needed the, the time filled. And it was not so much about who filled the time. Ideally, I'd like to go down to maybe one to two times a week for phone calls, texting when possible. And we always have been good traveling buddies, so a trip here and there. How do you navigate friendships through the shifts and transitions of life, different interests, growth, relationships, children, grief, et cetera? I'm going to take a deep breath for this one. I preface my take on this by saying that I am likely a good friend to some and not a good friend to others. That is important for me to say. As each year passes, I'm, I get to know myself better. I am learning more and more about the kind of friend I am and finding ways to communicate that in some friendships. I also think it's important to add that I do not have a best friend. I have some long friendships that have garnered more closeness and intimacy over the years. And there are some people I haven't known as long that I feel just as close to. We simply haven't had enough time together to grow deeper. You are 31 years old and this has been your best friend for 20 years. You two have been friends since you were 11 years old. So since the fifth or sixth grade, there have likely been changes along the way. Still, there's something about going to therapy and getting to know yourself that helps you better understand not only the dynamics of your relationships, your sort of Relationships from your family of origin, mother, father, caregivers, siblings, aunts, uncles, extended family. But as you start to understand those dynamics, you start to understand why you choose your friendships and your other relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, who you gravitate to. There were people that I befriended 10 or 15 years ago who simply would not cross my path today. I am not the same and seeking something much different in friendships. I was just telling a girlfriend the other day over lunch, how, There are people that were in my life that I wouldn't even bump into. There would just be no way for us to find each other because I am in such a different space of life. And this isn't a good or bad thing as much as it's a different thing. Now, alternatively, there are people that I have known for nearly 20 years, if not more than 20 years, that I choose to be friends with in every lifetime. I would find them. I would bump into them. Those are my people. There are some things that stuck out to me in this letter, and I am going to just kind of go through them one by one. One of the first things I wrote down is that I I highlighted in your letter is there are some things and habits about her that I cannot ignore. And I want to share some experiences that I've had with therapy, healing, and noticing. After some time in therapy and learning new concepts and cor- correcting some personal behavior I wasn't a fan of, it seemed like other people's behaviors, quirks, and flaws were loud. Why is she like that? I like it into a healing hangover. I'm not saying that your friend doesn't have things and habits that aren't the best, but I wonder if where you are in life has some of these things a bit more neon than they actually are. I don't know what those things are, so I don't want to guess. I'll say that what you feel is natural and normal. In the book Rising Strong by author, researcher, and all-around badass Brene Brown, She suggests we extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words, and actions of others. And I feel like that was after the sort of neon step of my therapy journey where I started to understand why I was the way I was, how I got to be this way which then was able to shine a light on some of the behaviors that I had that weren't the best. And then it made, you know, my ability to see other behaviors that just felt so super neon to me in this sort of healing hangover phase. And then I felt like the next step was compassion, not just for myself, but for others. And so I like this idea of the most generous interpretation possible. And so I wonder if you can do that for your friend. When you feel reactive, see if you can take a step back and look at the situation from afar. I wonder if you can take a breath and ask yourself if anything else might be going on. And remember that we are all doing our best. I'm obviously barring anything dangerous and life-threatening. I just want to give you something else to consider. The next thing that I highlighted in this letter was your question, How do you shift the dynamics of friendship in a way where the other person isn't offended? We can be gentle in our approach and set boundaries, but what we can't do is manage other people's feelings. Something I've gotten better at over the years is managing my own anxiety after I say something someone may not like when it comes to me and what I'm not doing or doing. In this instance, I might get get ahead of things so that you aren't ducking and dodging your friend. If you know you don't want to talk on the phone daily, maybe on Sunday, you can give a heads up that you won't be able to talk on the phone so much this week and set some dates and times that you'll call to talk. Well, what if she asked me why? If this sounds like the truth, try this on. You could say something like, I'm experimenting with more silence in my life and talking on the phone a little less to read, walk, study, meditate. I don't know what the truth is, but I wonder if there is a compassionate way you can share it. She might get upset, and that's okay. You will feel better if you say it compassionately. Trust me on this one. That way, if she reacts in a not-so-great way, you get to still feel good about your delivery. I once had a situation where I had to share some news that was hard for the other person to hear, and I know it was. She did not respond well. I sat, I listened, I acknowledged, I nodded. Things still didn't go well. But to this day, I still feel good about how I handled it. The next thing I highlighted in your letter was she demands a lot of attention. And I used to attribute my worth by being present and being dutiful to to loved ones. This is a beautiful reflection. And I want to say that I love the boundaries you are setting and how you are better understanding yourself. Something that I have come to learn as a parent, because I feel like when you are a parent, you got to, you got to get crystal clear about these boundaries with, the, with these little ones. I learned that our boundaries don't require anyone else to do anything. Our boundaries are about what we are and aren't doing or going to let happen. So sometimes people will say, you know, well, how do you set boundaries with your kids? You know, I told them to get down. Telling somebody to get down is not a boundary, you know, removing the thing or tell you know, not letting them, I will not let you climb up on my couch like that, even though I do let my kids climb on my couch, but whatever it is, right? Um, that is how I have come to understand boundaries. And so that doesn't require girlfriend to do anything. This is about what you are going to do. And if you say that you're going to be talking on the phone X amount of days or texting these days, she can call whenever she wants, you know, you as the person setting the boundary gets to to decide if you're going to be picking up that phone or not. So if I say I am limiting my time on the phone and I'm going to dial back and friend is having a hard time understanding what that means, the way I'm going to help friend is by not picking up, (laughs) I'm not going to pick up, you know, I will tell you guys, I don't like late phone calls. I don't because I'm deep down inside. I am retired. And I believe that dinner should be had at five and people should be in bed by 7.30 and 8.30. So if somebody calls me, my phone is on. Do not disturb. Do your thing. I'm not picking up. And so that is what I hope you understand about boundaries. Now, I want to drop something down for you and everyone listening to this right now. It is about codependency and friendship. And I am working on a new website. And my hope is that in the coming weeks or months, all of the books, all of the books that I recommend will be in posts linked to these podcasts. But in the meantime, there is a book titled Codependency No More. That is a game changer. But I want to talk about codependency and friendship and it is characterized by an overly persistent reliance on one another. And so I see this friendship as two part. I love when you said I am partly to blame, but I I mean it's like the understanding the role we play in every relationship is critical. There will always be both a taker and a giver in a codependent friendship. The taker may need emotional support from the giver, while the giver might in turn, I want you to sit with this, get a much needed self-esteem boost or a feeling of importance from their role in the friendship. Now, if you are someone prone to codependent traits, read the book, Google it up, you know, gaining self-esteem, gaining self I'm sorry, y'all. Gaining self-esteem through excessive caretaking and putting other people's needs before your own and feeling like you need to fix or save people. Your friendships may also be codependent friendships. So Psych Central gives some telltale signs of a codependent friendship. I'll share some with you. Google it up if you have the time. But some telltale signs where you feel guilty if you tell Your friend know that you can't do something, you know, without them. You put your friend's needs and wants in front of your own. You give up other friendships, time with family, hobbies, or interests to be with your friend. You feel responsible for helping her with her problems. You feel jealous if your friend spends time with other friends or a new boyfriend or relationship or new girlfriend. You frequently worry about your friend. Um, and on and on and on. So, something to consider. We all play roles in relationships. Even as we heal, it is vital to understand our role. It sounds like you want to right size this friendship, which will take some time. I don't know if it's going to take a ton of time, but it certainly won't be a one day fix. And when I think about where we are, you know, at this time in our lives, the year is 2020. 2024. Yes, it is 2024. When I think about where we are, I think so many of us are attempting to right size so many relationships in our lives. We are trying to right size our relationship with work. We are trying to right size our relationship with alcohol, with food, with our health. We are just trying to right size so many things, and so it doesn't surprise me that you are um, interested in getting this right or better. So. Another topic that I highlighted is there was this line where you said I had a I had originally I originally missed this but when I went back to look at my notes on this podcast I was like ooh I cannot do this without addressing this particular sentence. You said getting into a serious relationship was the wake up call I needed and that she just needed the time field and it was not so much about who filled the time. Now this would be the part where I tap into something my therapist has had to say to me over over again. Less often, less often these days though, she would say, she says, let's stick to what we know. We don't know if she just needed the time field. We cannot prove that. We don't know that. Does that mean she didn't drop you into a different category when she became partner? No, it doesn't. Because we are human, friendships will ebb and flow according to our lives. Sometimes friends are locked in day to day, and other times friends float apart with no love lost until they bump into each other again. And so I want to share something that I read with you from a relationship columnist in the UK named Mariella. This is, I want to share it verbatim because it's so beautifully stated. She says, inseparability may be a defining feature of friendships in youth, but in adulthood, It's our ability to let go that matters. It's no coincidence, particularly with girls, that so much merchandising is centered on the notion of unbreakable bonds and being best friends forever, forsaking all others until death do us part. T-shirts, necklaces, stickers, and posters all perpetrate the mythology around being stuck together like glue. Such Suffocating definitions of friendship occur at a time when we have no clue about what a lifetime entails or how our paths will diverge over the decades. In adulthood, being bonded takes on much more onerous connections and most of us would fight hard not to be so irrevocably attached. This is where we're going to highlight and put our pins up for this. As we mature, so too should our friendships. I need to say that again. As we mature, so too should our friendships. Now, the next topic I have that I highlighted of this letter is how do you navigate friendships through the shifts and transitions of life, different interests, growth, relationships, children, grief, etc. And so this was our final highlight. And you ask me, so I'll tell you. Something I've been spending time with lately is getting clear about the kind of friend I want to be and communicating that. There are many ways to be a friend, and I know where my strengths are now. I am not a day to day friend in this season of my life. One day I might be, but I understand that about myself now. I have two or three friends that I speak to. Um, consistently, probably weekly, with a few others sprinkled in over time. There are some that I text more than I talk to, and others that I stay connected with on some social channels. That all adds up to me. Becoming an entre- entrepreneur with an instantly successful business permanently st- snatched me away from some friends. I wish that weren't the case, but that's what the season called for. I have always Been attracted to a particular frequency in people. There might be different vibrations, but there's always that something that attracts me. As I've grown personally, I've learned the difference between healthy and unhealthy frequencies, even though I still have some patterns I haven't quite broken. And There is still some childhood stuff that is probably showing up in some of my desires to be friends with certain people. (sighs) Because I have so much going on in my life that is time consuming, my friendship burner isn't staying lit the way I want it to in this season. I have friends that I can call and connect deeply with, but I don't belong to any particular friend group. People I'm really close with know what kind of friend I am and friends who love me, love me deeply. And I feel so good about that. I got a text from a friend the other day saying, it was a longer text, but I clipped this out for you all. The text says, it's not every day that you get a confidant who has known you for 20 years and you can talk freely about anything. I'm grateful for that. I don't say it and it couldn't be said enough. I appreciate you. and so. Some friends will be around for 20 or more years and others will be around for just a little bit and I'm okay with that. These days, I'm slowing down my desire to judge and speeding up my desire to understand. I'm leaving room for things to get messy. People aren't perfect and you should be able to grow with a good friend. I'm doing my best to be consistent in my communication. If I can't respond, I'm doing my best to give you a heads up. I am a crockpot friend. (laughs) I've said this over and over again and nothing has changed. My preference is slow and low. I love a long simmer. We have time. At least I hope we do. And so I hope your friendships can evolve much like your life is now. Don't forget, you can send me questions like this anytime at hey at mytaughtyou.com. That's H E Y at mytaughtyou.com. If you enjoy this episode and you want to stay connected, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Your support means the world to me and helps me continue bringing you valuable content. If you feel compelled, please rate this podcast and leave a review. Your feedback helps shape the future of this show. Until next time, my friend.